back to Common Intellectual. We're going to start today with a story. I had an opportunity to coach my first varsity lacrosse tournament over the past weekend for a school down here in Atlanta. And there was an incident today at the fields. We had a very intense game, a team that we had already lost to prior and the game got chippy. There were words exchanged and and he got a penalty for retaliating. He came to the box and he told me about what had happened and my heart dropped. Not only because of what had happened, but because I knew that feeling. I then called the team together after, ready for the next game and told them a story about the history of their county where three black men were accused of murdering and raping a white woman in 1912 and the KKK then stepped in to become the police force in their county. They put up a billboard and enforced the new sundown law where when the sun set, it is the obligation of the citizen to gather any black person that they find after sundown in their county and lynch them. And there was a billboard that said, don't let the sun set on your black ass. And that was there until around 1995. 1995. And I told them that I questioned coaching that team because of that, but I followed up by saying, you guys have to be the difference. Because I remember the first time I was called a kike on the lacrosse field in college. And I remember how that made me feel. And I knew that things could change even in the darkest, most lonely times. I knew things could change. And I thought about why I had Siam on as my first guest from the lacrosse team. And I couldn't think of a more perfect person to have on. As someone coming into her science as a minority, it is a very lonely feeling at times. And I'm very thankful that Siam was able to share his stories, share his ups and downs, and I'm excited to share it with you all. So thank you for listening, as always, and enjoy the experience. We got CM Owen. CM, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. For you, growing up in Seattle, going mm-hmm. to Ursinus College across the country, um, I'm sure it gives you a variety of perspectives. For me, I would say just like being open. And one of the things I think most is that people have a large, uh, like huge issue with is just being adaptable. Like obviously like you live at home for those first 18 years usually. Um, And so like, that's kind of just like, you go through like that same regime and like, whether it be like you play sports, you go, you do clubs, you're involved in like student government, you're, usually going to be busy like throughout the day and you like know exactly what's going to happen 
So you kind of just got to get used to that routine and that sort of stuff. Um, but then I think when people like kind of step out of that and they realize like, wow, like life really isn't just like me going to school, like having to like practice and then coming home, like life is like so much more than that. And I think people get, they have a hard time like adjusting to like a different environment. Like I know, I mean, my freshman year, I remember like I had so much structure in high school and then freshman year of college, it was like, that's all gone. It's all up to you. Um, you know, I mean, we both know how I did academically, not, not too hot. And I mean, that was just, I mean, personally, like, that was just me not being able to adapt that year to like the amount of freedom I had. Um, and then just like time management, that was not really like, I didn't really even have that at all. So, but then once like, then I realized like, obviously like, all right, like, then you become adaptable. And I think by like, you have to go through like a really shitty situation or like you have to have fucked up big time to understand like, all right, well, <laughs> obviously I need to change like what's happening. Um, unfortunately, like I was able to and get back on the right track. But, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, who, I mean, tell my friends, they, I mean, went to college and they dropped out after the first semester, the first year, because I mean, they, it was the same thing where they were like, wow, like, I don't think I can do this. Um, but for me, it was more than the sense of like, I, it's not that I didn't think I could do it. It was just like, all right, well, I need to switch my focus something I can do. I think that's people also get themselves. So like they can, they get locked in on like my life's ruined. And it's like, no, it's not like you can just shift your focus to something else. Like I want to be a computer science major and go to Columbia after four years of sinus. And that, that dream got fizzled out in the first day of computer science class. And so I was like, all right, well, what, like, what do I enjoy? And so like, I kind of just shop stuff and found what I enjoy. And then you just have to like, know when to shift also, like you can't, like if I just kept going with computer science, like I wouldn't have graduated. So you have to know when like, number one, either you can do it or like you need to switch. Um, and I mean, that was just, I think, my upbringing also like was super helpful in that because um, I went to a ton of different schools like just throughout middle school and stuff because I was a troubled youth. I was just kind of a piece of shit as a little kid. So I would just like get, I went to like, I think sixth grade and a one year, like in a school cycle, I went through like to diff three different schools. Um, and like, but that at the same time was like awesome because like the first semester I went to Catholic school and the second semester, like I fucked up. I was, got kicked out pretty much. And then my dad was like, all right, well, like you're a piece of shit. Like I'm going to teach you like that. Not everything is going to be like given to you. So he sent me to a public school with like, in like the hood, like not like, it was like very like detached from the neighborhood. Like, and this is canceled. like, the yeah, exactly. You're canceled. And, uh, uh, that's right. I can't say that. <laughs> I don't want to say like I guess all right. Well, it's not like it's not a bad. It was part in a, of town. it was a, yeah it was in a rough part of town. But, like, all right. Well, the kids that went there were questionable. <laughs> not the kids that I was hanging out with. Like I got it. Like drug dealers, like those kind of kids. Like okay. just didn't have life no form and like so I got sent there and I mean like I remember getting sent there and I was like well 
fuck my parents. So I just got, I literally tried to get as worst grades as possible. Um, I got a C in PE, which was, I don't know how. Like I physically tried, I physically didn't do anything in PE. Like there was like a mile thing and I walked that bitch. That's unbelievable. But yeah, that was, but then like, I, then I switched to a different Catholic school the next, in the next fall. But like having those experiences, I guess, like made me realize like, all right, like it's very, it can be very easy to get all taken away. Um, and my life could, could have been like very different if I stayed at that public school, which I mean, who knows? But I mean, in the terms of like being human, I think it's just being open to everyone else and realizing that not everyone is the same as you or has gone through the same experiences and is as knowledgeable as you. Because some people like get into this annoying thing where they think that like everyone should know what they know and they just like get pissed off when like you talk to them and they're just like they'll like tell you something they're just like dude like how did you know that it's like I don't know (laughs) like we don't watch the same stuff like I don't know so I don't know yeah so you were adopted Mm -hmm. and where were you originally born so I was originally born in Thailand not no one really knows the location I was actually this is actually a crazy story going I guess leading to where I am now but I was actually left at like a bus stop just like in the middle of Thailand is like I think I was like few days old or something and then um some guy just like there's like the only record they have of like who brought me in was just they said some guy in the suit just like brought me in like the orphanage and it was just like yeah like i guess i guess he told me he found me at the bus stop or something and so then i stayed at that orphanage for like three years and then i was adopted by my parents who are extremely white they're from Oklahoma, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, and then I was adopted by them, and here I am. But thinking back on like stuff like that, it's like crazy to think that like I could dash just be out in the streets of Thailand or something, like roaming around or not even alive. Who knows? That yeah. Is- but, um, Why did your parents tell you that? They didn't. I found it in my like documents i was just bored of shit and i was just scrounging around where does it say in the documents like and what age were you when you found that out uh it says it in like there's just like a thing it's like it has like my birth certificate and then it just like a note that's like how i got there um and i found out when i was like i want to say like 10 or 11 um and it really didn't like register with me that much because like I was too young to really care so I was like whatever like I thought it was low-key cool I was like shit like I'm from the fucking gutter like you know what it'd be um but then like when I got older it was like you think about a lot more and like you kind of like like for me it's so hard to get like upset because like my situation now is like so ideal versus like what it could have been so, like, in a sense, like, you're, I'm, like, happy it happened, but, like, at the same time, you always just, like, want to know why. But, yeah, and then, I mean, having that perspective, too, also was, like, big in the way I view people. 
because like it's like very hard for me to like like i like like someone kind of but like to become like very close friends like takes a long ass time like as it should for i think everybody i mean like you don't get your best friends until like you either go through shit with them or just like learn shit about them so but i think that's why our like kids and our team are so close is because i mean we went through all that shit. Like we went through the 0 and 11 season or three and 11. Um, we went like, we all had those late nights together. Like we know how it is. So in that sense, and that's why I think Ersanis was like awesome because I mean, like you have kids you can like confide in like that kind of stuff. And lacrosse teaches you the process too, where you really appreciate like you mentioned earlier how it you can't get hung up on that one moment it's really about what comes along and that's I was explaining to a, a parent uh who of a of a kid that I coach and I was explaining that the most important part and the biggest difference between the high school game and the college game is the ability to, in a sense, just shake it off and go out and do your job the next shift. And yeah. it's that mentality of it that allows you to appreciate that process. And I think that's really what playing lacrosse at the collegiate level or any sport for that matter at the collegiate level has given us as athletes that long-term mindset. No, yeah, I totally agree. And I think, like, you just learn so many valuable lessons from just not obviously just sports in general, I think. I mean, like, getting coached, like, from that youth day, like, learning, like, teamwork and all that kind of stuff just, like, builds, I think, so many good life skills in general. And then, like, like you said, I mean, like, the chain, like, the process of college athletics versus high school athletics is, I mean, it's, like, night and day. I mean, high school, like, we would kind of lift, like, we would work out a little. Um, but, I mean, it's nothing compared to college where, like, you the process is, like, you have to, like, get up early, go to class, work out, have practice, and then, like, do homework. Um, and so I think, like, that process definitely helps uh, the sense of just, like, in your life, like, later on, like, you just kind of are more organized, hopefully. Um and you can, like, like, I think the one thing about sports is, like, you're all working towards, like, a common goal. Like, you want to win a championship. And then, like, for your job world, you can, like, you can look, you can set a goal for that, too, and then work towards that. So, I think it does a good job in, like, goal setting and, like, marking stuff off. And I know, like, one of my most, like, one thing I enjoyed most was, like, practicing something and then, like, being good at it and then doing it in, like, a game in high school. And, like, that was, like, the most satisfying thing. Right. We worked so hard during the season and during our our two weeks leading up to the season that and also I didn't even feel like we were in a way thinking we, we obviously were thinking about beating Gettysburg, but in a sense we gave up on the season very early junior year. You talked about the three and eleven season mm-hmm. and that's huge that early on we just kind of pull herself yeah. out of the the fight and I never felt for a second 
in our senior year that we were out of it. And it's, it's crazy how you can really feel that emotion and you can feel that camaraderie, like you mentioned, that it, it is the deciding factor of what wins championships and what doesn't. Yeah. And during, I mean, during the games, like, even if we were down, like, I think I, even when we were down to FNM, I was in like, we were down 12, seven, the fourth quarter. And like, even when we were down, I was like, we're still going to come back. And that was like, the sh- like that, my sophomore year, I would have been like, oh, we're done. <laughs> I remember like, I remember when we played Cabrini sophomore year or I, maybe it was FNM, they went down and scored like a goal within the very first second of the game. I was just like, well, that's game. And it was like, we lost and got destroyed. Um, but I mean, I also think that your junior, my sophomore year, there was a huge disconnect between like lacrosse and then like people wanted to play lacrosse, but also wanted to have like a good time and like have a good social time, which like they should, but like we were able to pull lacrosse first your senior year and still have a very good time socially. So, I mean, I think that people weren't willing to sacrifice like their enjoyment um, for the better of the team. I mean, like we had to, I mean, I turned 21, couldn't go to the bar because like we couldn't go out. And so like that obviously sucked, but I mean, winning a Centennial Championship is pretty sick. So it shows you how moldable we can be as well, that you have one mentality one year, and then you have a completely different mindset when you're in those pivotal moments the next year. Right. And I think, I mean, having a new coach brought in was, I think, helped so much because everyone felt like, all right, like, fresh start, like, we have, like, we can all kind of play as hard as we want. Like, it's not, like, it wasn't, like, like everyone knew like they had a chance to play. And I think that that just like. And I think we all learned that from playing lacrosse of how to be adaptable. Like you, yeah. the point of being able to learn every day what your position is on the depth chart and go out there and compete at yeah. a high level, it gives you the ability to learn how to reset. That is so important in, in life. And I think, we're seeing people that know how to reset during the pandemic. And obviously it's different for everybody, but it, it has opened my eyes to understand that not everyone has that mentality to get through difficult times. I mean, there's challenges in every aspect of college life and you're going through it on your own. And for you going from, I mean, farther than me, which there's very few people that, had that experience was it tough for you or was it easy or um I mean personally for me I'm like a very social person so like um I make friends pretty easily so it wasn't like hard in that sense it was and also like I I'm not a huge fan being at home so leaving home wasn't like a big issue for me that wasn't hard for me um I would say the only thing that was hard was like I felt bad for my brother because, like, he was just here by himself. So that kind of sucked. But then, I mean, I liked – I thought it was cool because I had, like, the perspective of someone who lived, like, on the West Coast. And I remember, like, people on the West Coast, like, watch out for the East Coast people, like, they're kind of assholes. And, like, 
there in your face. And I was like, I, I, I feel like people, just because you live on the other side of the country, it's not going to make you different. Um, and I was completely wrong. Because when I came over, it was just like, just like everything was, like the social, the social interactions were completely different. Um, and like, it just seems like a lot busier over on the East Coast because... <laughs> Like, I think my, I tell us everybody, but my, like, the one thing that, like, stuck out to me was, I mean, like, when I was in high school, like, my friends and I would just, like, we would just chill. Like, I would just be, like, all right, like, I'm just going to chill and, like, smoke and watch Avatar or, like, do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, like, and, like, when I was hanging out with Bobby, they're always, like, trying to scheme something up. Like, they're, like, all right, like, let's meet up here. Like, let's go drink here. And I'm just, like, dude, like, <laughs> I just want to sit in the house um so it feels like people are always trying to do stuff i noticed that at school a lot too like people like couldn't stay still unless it was like past 10 p.m um so there's that difference and then like i don't know i feel like people over here are also just like more motivated not in the sense that like people on the west coast aren't motivated but i feel like people on the west coast are more established on the west coast so they have like their life established their family established i feel like people people who are on the west coast have moved to the west coast versus like Mm. like that like my parents moved from oklahoma to seattle i understand that um so like they're they're like they're very established like in seattle so i feel like people who live on the west coast are people who their families have moved from other places to the west coast versus like i mean a lot of people do just stay in the west coast but i feel like a lot of people from the east coast want to live on the west coast because of like number one the lifestyle and then i mean the weather is obviously sick um and i mean it's always nice to like like i enjoy living on the east coast because i've been the west coast for so long that like i enjoy having something different and then it's probably i mean it's, i would imagine it's vice versa for the people who live on the east coast like i would imagine that they wanted to have a different perspective so they want to go on the west coast a little but well i'm sure because everything's so crammed everybody's on top of each other and going to work every day it's more stressful um the way of living is more stressful it's just a different mentality and you go to a city like seattle it seems i've never been personally but it seems that it's very peaceful and there's a lot of creativity a lot of acceptance and from that derives adaptability I feel like the West Coast is so much more like, I wouldn't say culture, but like every city is like very diverse. And like, I feel like a lot of cities in the East Coast, it's like, like Boston, I imagine just all white people. And like, it's not like, like Seattle, you can be like, oh, like that's very diverse. Like San Francisco, very diverse. Like Denver, like very diverse. But like, I mean, New York obviously is going to be diverse, but then I mean like Connecticut, Maine, like you, like Rhode Island, like you never think like diverse like i always think like the um like the freaking country club people that's like what i imagine um so i think people enjoy breaking off from that stereotype and getting a more diverse like feel because i mean i definitely enjoyed like being in their science was kind of cool because i mean like there was a good amount of diverse people but at the same time like there wasn't like I would see them around, but then like when I'd have class, it was like, wow, like 
there's like two other people who are like the same color skin as me or like who are Asian. So there was that, that was interesting to me for sure. Wow. How, because there's not like always push like diversity and inclusion. I mean, we, we took at the freaking bookstore to put a whole place there, but then they never like, like they're like, don't really, they're like, don't talk about that too much on the tours, like that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right. Hey, what do they say about it on the tours? Um, they were like, they told us when people ask about it, to just like talk, just be like, it's like a place for diversity and inclusion. And I was like, that's what it's called. <laughs> so you want me just to tell them the title again? And so like, that's pretty much all. And they were just like, yeah, I don't really like elaborate on it too much. Um, so I was like, all right. What um, Do you know what it's actually supposed to be? I think they have like all their clubs in there. Like they have like the Asian okay. club. Southeast Asian Heritage Club in there. Uh, they have the African American. I forget what they call themselves. It's like Phi Kappa Epsilon. I forget. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like for all people of color um, to like go and have their clubs and all that kind of stuff. But I honestly like, I didn't really know that much about it all when I was on campus. But me neither. Kevin spoke there one time but that's about it. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. You see the lifestyle that you live in Seattle and then you have the lifestyle that you live in Philly. And I felt the same way coming from Missouri where it's way more relaxed. Everybody is, is nice in a, in a way that's fake, but it's, it's the Midwest. And the east coast is very raw they will tell you how it is and that was definitely a culture shock but it gave me the best of both worlds those two different cultures is that a reason that we're so polarized right now or do you think it's more of something else because i feel like the way that we live is so different it's, I think it's, truly it's because everyone is just selfish and like that sounds bad but i think it's the truth i mean and I mean, like, and I say that not as in, like, no, I mean, like, and every, like, obviously everyone wants the best for, like, themselves, and, like, they want the best situation to work out, and so I'm not saying selfish in, like, a bad way, but I'm saying, like, people are going to do things and act a certain way and say certain things in order to, in order to benefit themselves in a situation that we're in, like, right now. I mean, like, right now, like, you want the best possible situation for your family, for yourself, like, so you're going to do the things that that requires so i think the reason we're so polarized is because people are selfish and that they want like what they want so they're gonna like if even if that like pisses people off like they're still gonna do it um and so i think and that's like the whole adaptability thing like being adaptable is also being like unselfish like you have to realize like all right like i have to take this person's thing into account like I mean, it's hard now because everyone, like, sucks. But, I mean, like, you have to realize it sucks for everybody. Like, everyone's going through the same thing. Like, we all know it sucks. Like, everyone's stuck at home. So, like, how can you – and people need to think about how they can help, like, everyone as a whole and see how that will actually affect them. Because I think if you helped, like, everyone as a whole, then I think everyone individually would get better too. Because I think, I mean, there's too many fucking people in the United States to be, like, individually get better. And then let's figure it out as a 
country because obviously like that doesn't happen and it's not going to work and i mean we're probably i mean we're probably about as polarized as we could be i feel like as a country um especially i mean in the past five to ten years like there's i don't think it's ever been as polarized as it has been um i mean maybe when obama was running for president but even then like there were nowhere near the issues that are going on right now or at least they weren't being talked about um so i don't know to be honest so i feel like like it's a very hard answer but i think selfish is a great start i think it it really is coming down to what is going on in my situation and how can i better from it and that's always how it always has been and i think especially without sports at least in my life it's given me the ability to realize that there are no distractions now and there are only the cut and dry facts if you search for them and if you understand what to look for you find out what things truly are and especially uh, with government what what their role is and what it could mean for us in the future yeah no i totally agree um i think that's also a huge thing it's like there's so much mistrust the government right now like i mean no one knows what's true like no one like that you were talking earlier about that one statistic with like how many how many americans died or something 150,000 now but the thing is is we don't know if it's true or not because the numbers are always they're being marked down as covid deaths even if someone dies in a car accident and they had covid or they had cancer or a heart attack and had covid those are being marked down as covid deaths yeah so i mean i think i feel like it's so many like blurred lines and now with like the whole trump thing like not allowing hospitals or or to the cdc like that makes no sense as an economics major, it is so frustrating to see that number because you understand after taking econometrics that the numbers are skewed in so many different ways and not true data at all, but yet they're still feeding it to the public like it's true. Yeah. And if people take it for face value and don't do more digging then that concept of what is true and what is not, it truly becomes a concept. It is, you can't trust the numbers, you can't trust who's giving you the numbers, you can't trust what other people of authority tell, and then it becomes just so much and becomes so many changes or leads to so many changes and in a sense we don't know where to go i think another huge issue is that like as a country we don't even like trust ourselves like we don't like the person my fucking neighbor may not even be wearing a mask um like half the country doesn't want to wear a mask like half the country think it's fake um like, do you think it's half the country still? I think I feel like it's getting better. I mean, people definitely realize it's real, but 
I don't know. I've seen a lot of videos of people who still think it's not real or like think that they're not going to get sick. And I mean, like that just doesn't make sense to me. Because <laughs> that, and that is a selfishness that is the bad selfishness because you think that your situation, that just because you're not sick means that everyone else isn't sick or that because you haven't been affected by it, that no one else has been affected by it. And that, number one, is just a selfish outlook on life anyways. And then also, number two, it's sad because that just shows how many fucking stupid people we have in our country. I mean, it's ridiculous. The fact that we have that this is still, like, a massive issue is absurd. I mean, other countries, it's, like, been calmed down so much more, like, it's definitely still an issue, but like, it's not like the whole country shut down. Like they're not in a freaking quarantine. Like they got their shit figured out in like four months and it's taken us, we still haven't figured it out. Like we're not gonna figure, it won't get figured out until the vaccine comes out. I'm almost convinced. And then people aren't even gonna get it. People are gonna be like, people we don't wanna wear a mask. I'm like, oh, it's not real. It's the government trying to drug us or the government trying to put tracking chips in us. And it's like, bro, like, why the fuck would the government do that, bro? Like, why does, why do you, why would the government care about where fucking C.M. Owen is in Magnolia, Seattle? Like, no one cares. And that's the one issue, I think, too, is people think that they're, like, people think that they're more important than they are. And, like, like, you're important, your life is important that you're alive, but, like, to be honest, no one fucking cares about you. And, like, it sucks, but, like, that's the way life is. Like, do you think anyone outside, like, people that know me care about me? No. Like, I see someone on the street, like, I walk past them and don't even acknowledge them because I don't care about them. Like, that's just how it is. I mean, that's just, like, that's that's life. Like, people aren't going to want you to win. People aren't going to want you to do well. And people aren't going to focus on you all the time. So, like, I think that's a huge issue is that people think that they're the center of everyone else's attention. And they're not. Like, I said this to my dad last night. I said, the most important person in my world is me. And, like, that sounds selfish. But, but like, in reality, like, that's what it is in general for everybody. And like, I don't know. Because we learned control the controllables when playing sports. And I learned that when playing for Coach Steele is that if you can control yourself yeah. and do everything you can with your attitude and your performance that day to do the best of your ability, then you've done your job. And that's all you can control. And I've, I have. It's tough to catch go play wall ball. Like, yes. It's that, it's that kind of stuff. And it's like, if you suck at like having conversation, Go watch YouTube about how to talk to people or go talk to your fucking parents. If you suck at like, if you suck at certain things in your aspects of your life, work, like work on them to fix them. And that's how like, like working out is the same thing. If I'm bad at benching, what am I going to do? Probably bench more. If I'm out of shape, what am I going to do? Probably run more. It's the same thing for everything. Like, that's what I think people don't understand is like, just like. I don't know. Just apply the things that you learn in, like, in, I learned, it's called, like, it's, a uh, one of the classes I'm in right now, I learning about heuristics, and that's, like, taking your past experiences and applying them to, like, your life as it is now, and that's literally, like, like, we go through all these experiences in our earlier life to be able to use those experiences in our later life, so we know, like, all right, well, I've been in this situation, so I should probably do this. Talk to me about that class. That's very interesting. Uh, it's called the Art of Decision Making, and it pretty much is just, like, um just tell it's like goes through different ways to like think through different problems um and there's like i want to say there's like five or six models one of them is called like pro pro act and um 
I, it's like a synonym for something, but uh, you pretty much like it talks about how you can like involve or I guess incorporate everybody's idea or like piece of information and then make uh, I guess like a good decision per se. Um, and so like it just talks about like different models they have. And it also talks about like, I mean, like using your experiences because like that's what you have to do um, to make your decisions. And I mean, the unfortunate thing is that some people have different experiences. So they're gonna do a situation, I guess not unfortunate, but people are going to have different experiences. So they're gonna do things a different way than other people. And that's what I think people also understand is that like they think that something should be done one way every single time. And like it may work, but if someone learns something a different way, then they can do it a different way. And so like I think people just need to understand that not everything is gonna be done the same that like they think. It comes down to the mindset because you talk about earlier how adaptability is the key. And if you don't have that mindset to pick everything up and just move forward, it's I think this is a time where you're left behind and it becomes very clear and people are shocked that I'm productive, but in a sense, I can't not be productive because that's a switch inside me that I can't turn off. I have to be doing something and I have to be productive in some way. I don't know what way, but it's working towards a goal. And I didn't even realize I had it. But now that everything stops, you're much more self-aware than you were before. For sure. I mean, that was like one of the things, I mean, this Corona thing hit and I mean, like I wasn't going to do grad school or anything after, like my plan was just to graduate from Rosanna's and get a job. Um, And then all this happened, like, Fortunately, like all my friends that were able, were able to adapt, I mean, I know people who like aren't and like they're going to be left behind. It's going to suck because they're going to, I mean, like they're going to hate their life because they're, <laughs> they're not, they're like, they're not searching for jobs. Like they're not doing anything to help themselves. Um, I mean, when you're not doing anything to like either make yourself better, learn something new, then number one, you're not doing anything for yourself. And then you're also just not doing anything for anyone around you because you're not growing as a person or like expanding your mind. And that's why I think what you're saying is, is people need to be more open-minded about learning new stuff. And I think people are scared to learn new stuff because they don't know what they're going to learn. I think that's being exposed right now with our, with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's being exposed to the people that don't want to learn and want to be silent and complicit that they don't want to improve or get better. When in reality, that's what it is, is you sticking to what you've always known. Yeah. Um, I mean, my thing is like, there's some things though where you just have to know like, like, this is wrong, like, the whole, I mean, the whole Black Lives Matter thing, like, I mean, like, for someone who could, uh, like, say what they're doing is wrong, like, I don't really get it, because, I mean, 
and for someone to say that like uh systemic racism isn't a thing is wrong i mean and the thing is like there's so much proof that it's like a thing that um it's hard it's hard for me to find sympathy with people who don't believe in it because all the facts are there it's like the same people with climate change like they don't believe in climate change i'm like well the fucking arctic is melting so like what's that i don't know i mean that's one other thing i feel like people even when they're presented with like legitimate like facts they're still like nah like i don't want to like they don't want to believe it even though it's real so i do not know and that's the frustrating thing is that people are some people are just so fucking stupid yeah how do you think we live together through all this and become better out of this if there are those people that are so on the other side um i mean i think you kind of just gotta say fuck them and just leave them behind i mean i personally think if like if you don't want to like if you don't want to be about it then like you're gonna get left in the dust i mean that's what it is in sports like if you don't want to win if like what person on a team doesn't want to win no one and whoever and like people who have a shitty attitude who don't want to work hard um they either get weeded out or they get kicked off. And I mean, it happened even our freshman, sophomore year. I mean, kids quit, kids got kicked off. Like, I mean, and that was because, I mean, like they just didn't, I guess they didn't want to change. I don't know. But I mean, um, if you don't want, if you're unwilling to change or be open to new like ideas or perspectives, then like you really don't, really don't deserve to be included in those discussions i feel like but it seems as though the people that are fighting the change are the people that are in power so that kind of throws another wrinkle into it which is tough to yeah. navigate i mean and that's what i'm saying i think hopefully once if we can get someone in power who's not a fucking idiot then we'll be and i'm hoping like I think this next set, this next election, not this one, but the one after, and hopefully the one after that will be, we'll hopefully have a lot better candidates because I hope that people will realize like, all right, well, we don't want this person. We saw what this person does. Because I think if Trump does, if Trump does get elected, Biden does get elected, and I don't think that he's that great of a choice either. And obviously Trump was a fucking terrible decision. Um, so I think we're going to see like, two shitty presidents and then people are going to realize like all right like we did our shit with these guys like we've learned our lesson let's adapt let's realize what went wrong and let's like shift our focus to something else and like someone else that we want and put them in power and i mean obviously i think one of the biggest issues is the whole uh the whole two-party thing i think that having republican and democrats like that's like such a detriment to politics because I feel like each side just thinks that the other side is an extreme version of itself. Like if you're a Democrat, you think the Republicans are all white racists who hate black people. And if you're a Republican, you think that everyone who's Democrat is like transgender and has like pink hair. I mean, that's obviously not true. Like everyone, like people don't want to, people don't want to be Republican because they think they're going to be racist and people don't want to be labeled as Democrat because like they think, the people who are Republican are going to call them other shit. And it's just like, 
when you have like those two just like com- continually fighting with each other and like people not even wanting to identify like when when someone asks me like what like what political party do you affiliate with like i'm just like oh i don't know like i kind of just go between both and like solely because i don't want to tell them what i am because i feel they're they never want to judge you and then that is going to like that carries over into just like how they deal with you and all that kind of stuff i have friends down here in atlanta that talked about how they saw it become extremist politics when uh george hw was in office and right before he was leaving um he signed on to a bill that's slipping my mind and this is bad podcasting but what they saw was that polarization of the one the distrusting government that came from nixon had already started it but the republican party became so conservative and so extreme that the only choice for the Democrats was to go that way as well. And I don't think any side is right, but I think the fact that they, the government felt that that was the right way or just the, the, the way they had to go is shocking. And I think we're understanding it now with I watched the 13th on Netflix and felt like that was an incredible way of describing what the 13th amendment is and Uh, the, the part in it that says all people who are not criminals are American citizens. And that wrinkle became the start of the war on drugs became the start of uh, the the way that we view people of color in in other communities with redlining and those things are still ingrained in our culture so many years later and it's now ingrained in who we are as people especially the older generation and us being 23 and you 21 or you 22 22 there you go it brings up the point of how divided the people are. And so our, my friend in Hong Kong mentioned they, that he couldn't talk to his parents about the issues going on in Hong Kong because they didn't believe him. They felt that the Chinese government was the right way. And he had to go protest against what he really believed in. And it's so incredible that a year later, I feel the same way. And the fact that I was thinking at that point, wow, how could that be? But in reality, we were just so oblivious. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just like, I think it just comes from where people grow up, to be honest, and like how they're raised. I mean, for you, like for me, like I was raised in a very privileged white neighborhood. So I never saw like, like I never had to deal with the police. Like, I never had to like deal with like people like um, stereotyping me like that. So I mean, I guess when I don't know. I mean, it's just hard for people to understand something that they've never experienced themselves. I think, and that's one of the things that like when I talked about earlier about being adaptable is like you'll never obviously you'll never be able to put yourself in the shoes of 
like a black person, but you can educate yourself enough to where you understand their perspective. And that's not hard because if you're unwilling to educate yourself, then you're just a piece of shit. Why do you think it's so important for our generation more so than any other generation for this fight? I feel like universally in the United States, it is deemed a youth movement. Yeah, I think, well, the reason reason that is, I think, is because I think, and I've said this so many times, but I think one of the biggest issues we've had is that we, for some reason, we have this idea that people in power have to be, like, old. Or like they have to be like elderly, and like I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like I think that a thirty-two-year-old could do the president's job the same as a seventy-seven-year-old, if not better. And I say, and like obviously, like you don't want them to be too young because you don't want them to like be naive. But I mean, like a forty-year-old person or a thirty-five-year-old has in the generational time span where they can connect with the younger generation as well as the older generation because they have like they are of that age where they can they meet with both like with both groups so they know both perspectives of like the older and the younger and i think that like people who are old now i mean when they were what when they were 15 16 it was like what 1960 1970 when all this stuff was like like there was the whole like civil rights movement like they were like teenagers during that so they have a completely different perspective than what we have now and so i think it's so important for us to bridge this gap because the older generation is stifling the younger generation um from not i wouldn't say expressing themselves but just like from being i guess like important because i feel like we're just told like get a job like keep your head low for the first like few years and like you'll move up in your company but like like why the fuck can't we move up like early <laughs> like you know and i mean like you may not you may just not be able to but like why not ask for like why not try and search out options i mean and, i mean there are there are instances where the ceos are young or there's young politicians but those are very far, few and far between. Um, so I don't know. I think that older people should be not in such positions of power ever. Like, I don't think that our generation, when we're 70, should be in high positions of power. Like, I think that we should, we should run the country from the ages of like 30 to like 55 or 60 max. And then the next generation should take over because like the one thing that annoys me is that like the older people now are building have built the country and what they view the what they viewed the country as in 1970 or whatever and not in 2020 and 2020 1970 are 40 years apart so no 50 years apart so um that was i haven't done math in so long but it's also wild that it's 50 years ago yeah um but i mean like when you have those conflicting interests like i'm not old so i don't want to do what old people do like i don't want like old people rules like i want young people rules like i want to live as a young person i don't want to be told like i don't want to have to live as an old person and so i think that there's like an imbalance there 
young and old people. But that could just me being me just not liking old people. I don't know. Well, I think you have people like uh, the Rams coach who came in at a young age and people were against that. Do you think, I mean, I feel like it's just going to take so long for the government to change. We're still doing mail-in voting and it's 2020. So if you want to talk about slow moving, that's government. And so, and also what other countries are doing. You said that you watched the Zac Efron documentary and that was something that showed other perspectives of different yeah, cultures. I think uh, that's really important. Yeah, I mean, other countries are like, I mean, they're just, like, they're just doing stuff. I wouldn't say, like, a higher level, but, like, they're just being smart about the way they go about things. Like, we, I feel like we just do the same thing over, it's like banging our head against a rock. We just do the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, can't do that. Um, I, don't, I, don't think our, I, I don't think our country has been very adaptable in the past few years. Um, like I think we'd like to think we are and like we I think and you were talking about when we like only a year ago like I never would have thought that like anyone like this whole like systemic racism thing like this never it never crossed my mind to think about ever um and now that's being brought to light in such like in such a clear way it's like oh wow like how could I miss this but I mean how many of those like how many things that we miss already you know I mean there's so much shit that we could number one be either implementing or like trying to like advance i mean we're what was it iceland i think the first one that they did um the zephron show is in like iceland or something uh and they talked about like the hot water springs and how they, they use that to power their whole fucking island like the whole country is powered by like the um like the water reservoirs and stuff and that's just them like being smart and like looking at different options. I mean, obviously, like, the whole United States is not going to be powered by like it's not that's like that's not going to work for the whole United States. Separate areas, like the government can look in separate areas and be like, all right, well, this area can be more efficient doing this, or, like doing this, and they can do that in every like everything. Like they they can do that through like healthcare, welfare, it's like social issues. I mean, you can look like look at it and just be like, all right, how can we fix this? And I mean. Like, I think that if you gave me, like, two months or, like, a year or, like, a long time to look at all this stuff and look at each thing and be, like, how can we fix this? I think I could do it. And, like, I'm just, have, like, I'm not in the fucking government. Like, it's not hard. Like, just look at, like, you could do it for the whole fucking social justice issues. Like, you can't have a ton of black people in the projects and just throw them in there and be, like, oh, here's a place to live. Because you're not giving them, like, you're not giving them a place to live. You're giving them a box to live in. Well, I think there's also a lot of things that when you do make a decision like that, it has more implications than just what it is at face value. And that's something that's also important. I think everything at face value all the time. Like, I think that's, people don't, people are so willing to jump on an idea that they think is good before actually thinking about when the idea is laid out and put into action, like what's going to actually happen. Right. But what I'm saying is like when it comes to social justice issues, it does have a lot of implications because there are so many people with the complete other mindset and they don't want to conform and they want to have their way of life be the only way of life. And the quote you mentioned in the pre-interview about how the 
biggest threat to the movement is going to be the white moderate because they are complicit with their way of life. And Martin Luther King Jr. said that, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Is is it like uh, they're comfortable? Fuck, I forget what. They'll they'll agree with you and like march with you, but then they won't do or something like that. Like they won't actually do anything. Yes, startlingly yeah. similar to what we are seeing today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I think everyone just enjoys like being everyone enjoys being comfortable, which I don't like. I I don't blame them. <laughs> um, I just think that people don't people don't want their life to change. And I think that people think that their life is going to change so drastically. Like people, like, I feel like so many white people were like, wow, like if I like become a social justice activist or like if I like just even advocate for black people, like, wow, my life's going to change. But like, really, no, it's not. All you're doing is using your mouth. That's just like a selfish mindset, but like, it's kind of the mindset that people have to have, unfortunately, to succeed in this country. Um... I mean, just in life, you kind of have to have the mindset of like, I mean, initially, like when you first are like, you have to have the kind of kind of have the mindset, like it's all about me, like, like for myself, like as an example, like, I have to like get through like my degree, like I have to get a job so I can support myself um, and like do the stuff I want to do when I get older. So in that sense, like people can, I guess if people see a deviation from their track, then they think that like that's going to just completely detour them and like it's not going to get completed but i think people don't realize that like that road can end up being like they can meet back together at some point like it's not like you're deviating completely off like you're just gonna deviate for a little and then come back um and you don't even have to deviate you can do both like i feel like people just i don't know people are frustrating even more frustrating that we're still in a quarantine and we don't even know if we are in a quarantine. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. We are open, I think, but some companies are still closed. Some companies are working from home for the rest of the year, like my own. And it becomes that question of what is going on and what should I really believe and what should matter to me? Mm -hmm. So another question, it really becomes, I think during this quarantine, I've found that I enjoy creating things. I enjoy, in a way, leaving my mark on things. And that's really what's mattered to me, as well as staying active, playing sports, playing lacrosse, uh, and really enjoying myself, because I think that's really important. But what do you think you've dealt with during this? That's a good ass question. I haven't thought about that. I think just like being, I think just like being present more. I feel like in my life, especially, I always just like kind of like look forward to like the future and like what I'm going to do. And like, I'd like, I also like do a lot of like thinking back of like what I could have done. Like, I'm like one of those people, I'm one of those people that like looks back like, <laughs> A social interaction or like every situation in my life and it'll be like all right well fuck what could i have done or said that would have made this like different i think that over quarantine i've realized as i do that over and over again because i have nothing to do i realized that uh i'm just like not really present at all i mean i am like i'm obviously present but like 
a lot of the times like I'm I'm kind of just spacing out because I don't like I'm thinking about what's going to happen like next or what did happen versus like kind of like living in the moment I think that that like I mean it hasn't really affected anything yet but I think that that could like affect stuff um because I mean like the present is obviously like where you live in I think that being aware of that is a huge thing for me because I was like I always for all you things that like lacrosse is a great example is in high school and stuff like I mean I was I'm not gonna cap I was sick in high school and then in college like I had barely played so I was one of those people that like always thought about like wow like why am I not playing like like the whole four years even of and it didn't took it took me until like the summer to re- to realize this unfortunately but good thing I have a year left but um I realized like the whole time I was just spending my time thinking about like why the fuck am I not playing I'm doing everything all this shit and then that took away from like when I would actually like practice or like play it was like it like I was never really like present there and I would just overthink things uh like when I would think of myself and then that would obviously have a detriment that could have that that would have detrimental impact on the field. So, like, I think just, like, being present and, know, and like, I do that, I mean, like, working out, like, and being quarantined by myself has low-key been nice and my, like, mental aspect, I guess, because, like, when I work out and stuff, like, I and, like, you were talking about, it's, like, the flow set is I literally just get locked into, like, what I'm doing. Like, I don't think about anything else. Um, and, like, I've realized, like, being able to be present like that sense is so much better than like thinking about what you could have done and like what's going to happen because you just stress yourself out um you get so much anxiety from and then you build unrealistic expectations and that's what i did throughout lacrosse was like i would always just like get myself psyched up and be like wow like like i remember sophomore year i was i had a really good fall ball and then i like got pumped up to play in the spring and then like the very first practice after like our spring scratch got concussion and it was like see ya and then I got hurt right when I came back from that and it was just like and that was devastating and so but then like I had already set up an expectation in my mind that I was gonna play and so then like when I couldn't it was just like it's like my whole world had just collapsed and it like sucked um and the same thing happened junior year where I was like all right like I'm going to play because I'm an upperclassman, like I'm going to get tick and I didn't get anything. And that obviously sucked, but I mean, like looking back on now, like that has like driven me so much more and like motivated me so much more like during this summer and like when I worked out just for like the one year that I'm going to play. And I mean, like I'm happy that I obviously have to play another year, but I mean, looking back on like, I wish I had, been more present in like what I was doing back then because I think that I would have either played more and also just like appreciated lacrosse because I honestly like I wasn't a fan I mean sophomore year so I don't think anyone liked lacrosse sophomore year but um I mean lacrosse was like when I was I went to her science for the school and the social aspect versus lacrosse and I didn't even realize it until I left but I mean lacrosse was so like second to everything else which is why i mean like i enjoy drinking i enjoy going out like ripping jewel like all the stuff that those kids that we did 
Um, but then like, obviously that would translate to the field line. I didn't work out really a sophomore freshman year. So, which is why I got hurt. And I mean, but at the same time, like now that I, like I'm saying, like be adaptable, like you have to know like that happened now, like I know for this upcoming season, like, all right, like I know where to put my mind and I know how to shift my focus to being present and like being more in the moment versus like thinking back and like wow like I didn't play the past four years or that kind of shit and like also being realistic with myself and saying like wow like I didn't play the past four years so like I'm gonna have to fucking grind so the coach like actually sees that I'm not just like some random ass kid so I think in that sense um that's what matters to me is just being present and being cognizant of um your situation and um being aware of what being aware of where you could put yourself because I know for a fact like and also like I think people just have to be confident like for myself like I have a ton of (laughs) I have a ton of self-confidence just because like I know for a fact that like and also though like I have a ton of self-confidence because like I know like this summer like I've been grinding my ass off and I know like I'm confident knowing that, like, since I've been working so hard, like, I know for myself that I put in the work to, for the payoff. And I think that a lot of people think, think they put in the work, but they haven't. And so when they, like, when they get rejected, then it's like they're devastated, but they don't realize that they haven't, they didn't actually put in the work for it. So I think that, like, there's that too. Um, but I think, I mean, just I think people just have to be present in general I think like I don't know like uh, you can't really tell who isn't who isn't because that's just a personal thing um I think just being present and being aware of other and not just being aware of yourself but other people's like feelings like they're kind of like what their stigmas are and all that kind of stuff because I mean like I said like you're not the only person around um I mean yeah what do you think yoga did for you? Um, yoga was super, yoga. I think is just like the most calming thing. I think that it it wasn't the fact that like it gave me something to do. It just like gave me a time and like when I would like when I do it, it's like I can completely like blank out. Like I literally just like I put my phone down. I put my I put the lady on, and she goes <laughs> she takes me through my yoga routine and like. And that's all I focus on. And I think being able to do activities where you're, where you have to force yourself to be present in those activities themselves is what is so like healing and like helps you mentally heal just in general, I think, because like, you're not thinking about those like other like outside forces or like outside issues you've had. I think taking time out of your day to do like, like meditation, like that's why I say it's so good it's because you're taking your time out of your day to take your mind away from the things that are like troubling you and just focusing on like being present. And I think um, yoga gave that to me. And also it's just good for you because like you're stretching and it feels great. Um, But I think the more important aspect is that it's more of a mental healing than like a physical thing. Um, I mean, your mind is like, your mind is pretty much a muscle. You have to, like if you treat your mind like shit and you do you fill with shitty things and you read stupid shit, you're gonna be a dumb person. But if you read stuff and you surround yourself with people who are educated, 
and surround yourself with educational things and make a point to grow and be present, then I feel like as a person, um, you're just going to naturally be a better person. Being able yeah. to do yoga at college, I remember those Wednesdays of having basketball, which I sucked at, and yoga, and then the 5K at the end of the day, that really was a full day. And it was doing that for a full season or off season gave me at least the structure that I needed to understand how it's done and that it is possible. And now I feel the same way. And it is more mental than physical. You just have to prove to yourself that you can do it. And then it just becomes a lifestyle if you set your mind to it. I think proving that you can do it yourself is the biggest hurdle because I think like I taught people who were like, wow, like, like I remember when we did the two mile sophomore year, I remember before that I thought I was going to shit my pants and then like I did it and I was like, wow, that sucked. Two miles in 13 minutes. Yeah. Thank you, coach Moore. Yeah. Good looks. And I (laughs) like, Oh my God, that was terrible. But I did it. And then also, like, this past season, we had to run our 5Ks. Like, I remember just being like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. But then once we did it, it was like, all right, like, that sucked. But the next time we did it, it was like, all right, like, this is going to suck. But I know what to expect. I think once you can get yourself to the point of, wow, I can do this, then, like, it's not bad. And, I mean, like, sports are the easiest example. Or, like, weightlifting is the easiest example, I think. Or, like, running, obviously, I think is a great example. But, I mean, like, that's also, like, goes back to what I was saying, like, setting a goal for yourself. I think if you – you have to go through life having sets of goals. Because if you can mark those off, it, number one, makes you mentally healthier because you know you're getting stuff accomplished. And also, like, it just gives you, like, a focus, something to focus on. Because if you have no focus in life, then you're just, like, bouncing off the walls and – like you just I don't know you're not gonna get you're gonna be very you're not gonna get anything accomplished and then you become complacent and that's how that sets in is that you are told that you're okay and then there's no mentality to get you out of that or understanding of how to move forward from that and instead of bettering yourself you become okay with everything that you've been told your whole life and that's where you get the the two sides I feel like as well I think one large issue now that wasn't actually I don't think an issue before and people have talked about but I think like I as change comes it feels like and people have said like people think that like our generation and generation like below us is like soft because like they I mean I have to tend to agree with them because it seems like we kind of just like tell people like, and I mean, if you want to say that our generation is soft, you can look at, you can literally say that every generation behind us is soft because the whole systemic racism thing, no one acknowledged that. And I think like people aren't like when someone tells you how it is, people are just like, whoa, like you're being mean or like you're being a dick. And like, I mean, like, I think like we keep discussing sports is a great example to use for anything. When you tell a kid, like, I remember uh, when I, like, was at, like, I had, like, a select practice for one of my Stars teams. Uh, we had, like, one of the professional players there. 
I remember I saw, like I, he was like doing a demonstration in front of like everybody. And I said a pick and he was like, wow, that was like the worst pick I've ever seen in my life. And like pretty much just embarrassed me from like the whole team. And like that obviously sucked for me. But then like I never said a bad pick again. And so like it's those kind of things. Like you have to kind of hold like you have to get told like you're you fucking suck at something to realize like, all right, well, maybe like I need to like change what I'm doing. I think that kids have been told, like, oh, it's okay, like, you're doing great when you're not doing great, you're fucking suck, and, like, it's obvious, like, you don't want to tell, like, an eight, you're not going to tell an eight-year-old, yeah, you fucking suck, you're going to say, all right, well, you should do this, and don't say you should do this instead of this, if they're doing something wrong, tell them to do this instead, like, don't give them an option, like, tell them what to do, and I feel like we give kids, like, an option to be, like, oh, like, I can choose to do it this way or I can choose to do it my way which is what I prefer and like people don't realize when if you take the advice of someone else that the other person's advice becomes your way of doing things like and then that way is the correct way and then your way just becomes the correct way the whole rest of your life and people are so unwilling to see that other someone else is right or to take other people's advice that they are going to stay in the same mindset and process that they continue to do throughout their whole life and that is why like people think that we're soft because we can't people in our generation can't take criticism which i mean i tend to think is somewhat true for some people i mean obviously like that's not the same for everybody but as a whole it does feel like we're getting a little soft like a little soft and need, we people just need to tell people how it is i think um and I mean, not like, don't do that all the time, but you know, when like, like I like I gave the example about the like, saying a bad pick, like when someone's like fucking up and not doing something right, tell them because like, and I mean, we did with our friends. Like if someone was fucking up, if Reagan or Bobby was like fucking up, I'd, I'd be like, yo, you're being a fucking bitch or like some shit like that. And they usually stopped. You're like, and like in like on the lacrosse field, if someone messes up, we tell them like they mess up. Like you, like if you fuck up, if you drop a pass, like, you get told by everyone that you draw the pass or like, and you know it, the coach lets you know it. And like, like, I don't know. I think people need to be made more aware that they're not doing stuff correctly because when you do stuff incorrectly, it's just like you said, it creates bad habits and then ignorance is bliss. So people are just going to continue to do what is easiest for them and makes them comfortable. I remember coach Merck, my senior year called me into his office when I had a broken foot and mm-hmm. told me that I was being a distraction to the team. And mm-hmm. it was like, Whoa, what, what do you mean? Like, I, yeah. I didn't feel that way. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. And he goes, no, this is not a discussion. This is a, you need to change or you're going to this press box to record. And that was I feel like a moment for me personally was so important because although I had changed my lacrosse style as a freshman coming in, I, I'm a completely different goalie from my senior year from, of high school to my sophomore year of college and beyond. But as a person, that was a moment that I had to realize that, you know what, you're not perfect. You, you distract you talk to others when we need to lock it in and 
I changed my personality that day at practice. I went from socializing to being a coach, being a leader, because that's all I could be at that time. And it was, it was not only educational, but also empowering because I now feel like I was truly a part of that team because I had to make a change. Coach called me out on it. And it even means that much more because if he didn't call me out on it, I wouldn't have gotten that lesson either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand. I mean, I think you just have to kind of realize like people have to just kind of get knocked back to reality. I think Um, because it is very easy to get lost and like, how do you think that happens? How do you bring somebody back or knock them back into reality? I can use myself as a great example. I mean, in high school, I was like a stud athlete. Like I was, I mean, like I was like the shit in high school. Like I was sick at lacrosse. Like I was pretty good at football. Like, I mean, I was a very good athlete and like a very, like, I, I mean, I had like, I had two division one offers for lacrosse, which I mean, was very, very rare for someone from my area. And then, you know, like I came to Rostinus and didn't play at all, like for four years. And I think not, like, I came in very, very cocky. Like, I, like, kind of came in like I was the shit. And, like, I just had, like, a very, like, I had an air of confidence about me that, like, I obviously, like, I'm a pretty confident person just in general. But I was, like, kind of, like, over the top. And plus, I went to an all-boys school before. So, like, I kind of had, like, that mindset like i need to like show everyone that like i'm top dog um and then that didn't happen at all um and so i think it really didn't sink in until like probably like sophomore year when i got injured for the second time after my concussion i was just like fuck like i'm not gonna be anywhere near as good as i was in high school and i mean for the whole four years like i realized that and like that was a reality check that lasted a little too long, unfortunately, but um, it was definitely needed because, I mean, like, I think that my time there science made me grow so much more as a person. Um, then, I mean, I, I came there science with a very immature view of things um, after high school, which, I mean, it's kind of natural, but I came in thinking that, like, everything was a certain way. And I mean, Aristotle was a great place for me to realize, like, it's not because everyone was so different and diverse and people came from different areas. And for myself, it was different being like a minority, like an outlier, like being from Seattle, um, being like one of the few Asians in my classes, like on the team. It was like and like even like in high school like i never had to deal with that cuz my high school was so diverse and my city is so diverse that like that was never ever th- even throughout middle school kindergarten like high school like that was never an issue like i never thought about that kind of stuff and then when i was at science it was like wow like everyone here is a lot different than i am um that opened my eyes a lot and then it also like made me take a step back and realize like, damn, like I need to kind of like number one, calm down. And then number two, just like realize that not everything is like how I thought it was. I mean, that took me, I probably didn't realize all this until like the end of my junior year, but um, it's like, I don't know. 
it definitely it definitely changed me for the better um but yeah i definitely changed a ton from high school now and then that that like we were saying the reality check like that reality check made me kind of like change the way i view things and like kind of like the way that i went about everything because obviously we saw when i had that mindset freshman year it didn't work um being able to change that definitely being able to realize that i need to change was what helped me because i don't think people realize that they do need to make a change i think that once you realize like wow like i should probably make a change in my life then that's when it's actually beneficial right i didn't know i needed to make a change like i thought i was doing everything perfectly i thought i was contributing to the team by coming to practice and being social seriously and he told me no you're not you're being the opposite and people need that people and people are so comfortable with being comfortable that it takes a special person now to step out of their comfort zone and really look at it with a fresh new mindset and perspective that you didn't have before you also need the people that will that are willing to tell people to give people a reality check yes. I think or are also scared that they're going to piss someone off and like you said i mean coach Merck obviously does not care did not care when he talked to you as he shouldn't and i mean you need people who are willing to tell you like how it is and i mean that's one issue with how i think everything's like so polarized i think people are so scared to tell people what they think and how they think it should be because they're going to judge that they just don't say anything. And so, but as we've seen, like that just leads to when you don't tell someone that they're fucking up. We saw that with the whole, what's it, the um, Jeffrey Epstein thing. Like no one checked his ass and he just ended up raping a ton of little girls. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not a genius, but that probably wasn't chill, so. But, I mean, doing that kind of stuff is a huge benefit. And I think that has to be done at a young age. Like, I don't think that, like, now, like, I I don't know. I think it, I, uh, I can't take that back, but it has to be done at a young age. But also, like, I feel like people at an older age think that they know more. So they're just going to be, like, they're a lot more it's a lot easier for them to be like nah like i don't need to listen to that whereas like younger people like even i mean we're young for us like when coach burn told you that you were probably what 21 yeah 22 22 yes oh yeah 22 is a very important age i feel like and i agree with you that the older mindset becomes more complacent more conformed with their ideals that they have built throughout their life if you're never told what does that turn into? It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, as a kid, also, you retain so much more information, I feel like. Like, I remember, I remember probably every time I would, like, every, like, point situation where, like, someone, a like, coach told me, like, you were fucking up, or, like, someone told me, like, don't do this. Like, I remember all those because, those like were stuck out to me when I was a kid because number one, either it embarrassed me or um, like it was something important that like I knew that I needed to know. Um, 
And I mean, like, like the whole, like, we use the example of, like, your mom, like, washing your mouth out with soap, like, don't swear, like, that kind of stuff. My mom actually did that shit, and I mean. Did she use liquid soap or real soap, hard soap? My mom used liquid one time and it may have been the worst thing i've ever experienced bite the bar like the bars like maybe bite my teeth um yeah i'll teach you easy like lesson that, right there yeah and like that kind of stuff like obviously i never swore inside the house again <laughs> when i was a little kid and like that kind of stuff like you just have to have it i think and i think that but like now like i don't think parents are doing that seems um, like we may have covered all four I think we had what should matter to me and then how should we live together? Was that one we did? I asked you that earlier and you talked about how the complacency of people and um, that mentality is hard to shift. And then we went into the conversation about how the people of age who are a bunch older are in power. Uh, and then for what does it mean to be human? You talked about how it's important to be moldable and adaptable and then when you talked about our place in the universe i think what you got from that was being present and i agree that's huge being able to be here in the moment is something i think a lot of people who have really embraced this quarantine have taken out of it is that idea that we are all part of something bigger and if we can enjoy the moment that we have here, like this conversation, I really enjoyed this. I think mm-hmm. this is something that we can both come out of here with a new perspective and learn something new from each other. And that's important because if someone is not present, then they are doing something else. It's not, it's not important and they're not getting that full perspective that yeah. someone else brings to the table. And I think that's what we're missing. I think we're missing that conversation aspect, uh, especially long form, because so much is quick, easy to read, uh, easy to absorb content. And yeah. I think now we're understanding what truly is important. Yeah, I think that kind of like, I think there's like the last question, like, what will I do? I think that like, you kind of have to keep doing stuff like this and like, being willing to have like conversations with other people especially people who don't share the same view as you because like it you have to understand what the other side's thinking to fully to have to be able to make uh like legitimate like to say something legit and like propose like a uh to give you like to give like a legit opinion you have to have the like a good idea of what each side's saying like because then every opinion is just a personal opinion when you because you just say oh like fuck the republicans or fuck the democrats it's just like well like that's just you saying that because you are one or the other and you like but you haven't actually taken time to listen to someone who is a republican or who is a democrat like and i don't know i mean hopefully like i hope that that will it will come to a point where people are comfortable talking to each other i don't know when that will be though i mean the way it's going now it seems like it's going to take a while um but hopefully like we were saying when our generation becomes of the age where we were like 
in some rule of power, then hopefully things will uh, change a little, or at least shift um, to a different foot, to like a different path. Because I feel like now we're just stuck in the, I mean, obviously the whole quarantine thing, but we were just, I feel like, stuck in the same pattern of like, like everyone was comfortable with what was going on. I mean, like the whole like police brutality, like all those so social justice issues were still happening, but like we just didn't care about it because our lives were comfortable. But now that, I mean, we're all kind of in the situation we are, I think we're all becoming more aware of what's happening around us. So I don't know that some shit's gotta change um, because we're definitely not on the we're definitely not on like greatest track ever. But I mean, who knows? I have confidence that we'll get back somewhere. My dad was saying they're making like remarkably good progress on the vaccine. They may have one like November instead of like January. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, it'll get worked out. I don't know though. I mean, I don't know. All we can kind of do is just wait. Unfortunately. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to CM for coming on. It was great catching up, and I look forward to the many more conversations that we have in the future. It's it's great to understand and have someone understand you from a perspective that it's hard for others to relate to. So I appreciate it, and I look forward to the next one. Next week... We're going to have on, we tried again to get Pete DeSimone, again he was busy, so we'll try again next week, but we got another Ursinus College lacrosse coach, the 2019 Centennial Conference champion coach, Gary Mercadante, joins us next week, can't wait to share it with you all, and again we'll keep working on Pete, so love you guys. And we'll see you next week.